My question for today is, what are some foundations I can lay down now and habits I can pick up from a young age with regards to saving, budgeting, investing in order for me to build some healthy habits and healthy relationships with my finances? Hello, I'm Emily Bellet, founder of Vespod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich. And you're listening to The Wallet. Today is the first VestPod Hotline episode, which is our new podcast format every two weeks. And today, we answer your financial questions. In our first Hotline episode, the VestPod team will lead the way to open up the conversation about money with our brilliant intern, Audrey, asking our first question of how to lay the foundations for healthy financial habits. You'll also hear about Emily's proud money moment, as well as Veronica's favorite episode of The Wallet. So I share my top tips for building healthy money habits in your 20s and beyond, highlighting the areas you should focus on as you start your financial journey. We'll discuss how thinking about your goals for the future can help create a budget you can stick to and how making smart money decisions has long-term benefits that can help you achieve future financial success. We'll also hear from the Vespot team and find out what they have loved and learned from the wallet as well as a proud money moment that might inspire you to take action for your future self. If you'd like to participate in the wallet, send me a voice note at emily at vespa.com or follow the link in the show notes. We'd love to hear your proud money moments, your questions and comments. I'd also just like to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Pension B. Pension B has helped over 500,000 customers be pension confident. It enables savers to take control of their finances by helping them transfer their old pensions together into one simple online plan. With Pension B, you can manage your pension like you manage your bank account, check your real-time balance, your projected retirement income, and set up contributions and withdrawals all from the palm of your hand. Plus, you'll get human support from your very own UK-based account manager, or as Pension B calls them, Beekeeper. You can sign up to Pension B today with the names of your old pension providers in just five minutes. And if you're self-employed, you can start a new pension from scratch. As always with investment, your capital is at risk. Please note that we are not certified financial advisors. The articles and information made available on Vespod and this podcast are provided for information and educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. Hi, my name is Audrey. I'm 20 years old and I'm currently entering my final year of undergraduate studies at the University of Warwick. And more recently, I've also been interning at Vespod. So my question for today is, what are some foundations I can lay down now and just habits I can pick up from a young age with regards to saving, budgeting, investing in order for me to build some healthy habits and healthy relationships with my finances. So if you have any tips for, from when maybe you started off with all of this, um, some things I should pay specifically attention to, things I should stay away from, um, I think that would be super helpful. Thank you very much. Hey, Audrey, thank you so much for your question. Thank you for asking this first question on this Money Hotline podcast. So today we're going to talk about healthy habits and for anyone who's just starting thinking about money or even if you're like more experienced and if you're you know already working, you have your salary, you've started maybe saving and investing 
today I'm just going to try to give you a bit more structure on how I think you can do things. There's a lot of a lot of ways, so definitely it's not financial advice, but trying to give you a few tips around organizing your finances and building better financial habits. So money management is a journey and it's really good to start on the right footing and build better habits over time. It's not going to happen in one day, but it's really great that you're thinking about it already. Just to start with, I wanted to give you statistics by financial capability and you can find all the sources in the, in the notes, but 18 to 24 years old face crucial transitions to adulthood, including their first experiences with debt and borrowing. So although they report high levels of financial worry, they are comparatively unlikely to seek support. And 25-21% of over-in-debt people in the UK are aged 18 to 24. So today I'll talk about, of course, money management, but also debt, because I think that's a big topic and we don't talk enough about that. The goal of money management here is really to feel good about money, understanding that money is just a tool that's going to help you to achieve amazing things in your life is definitely not the goal. But making sure you're in control of your finances is going to be super helpful. So I have sort of like five main tips today for you. The first one is understanding where you are today. A lot of us, you know, we live our life, we're really busy and we never take the time to, you know, slow down, stop. And I will invite you to just book a date with your money or a little appointment. Maybe it's once a month, maybe it's every few months and just sit down, look at your numbers, understand what you have, what you owe to anyone. In the book, I talk about maybe calculating your net worth thinking about having a budget. And what's really important here is understanding, okay, how much money do I have on my bank account and taking the habits. And I think this is a very healthy habit of checking your bank balance every day or every week, maybe, because otherwise we don't really know how much money we have. We keep on spending. And at the end of the month, we're usually very surprised to realize oh, I don't have enough money or actually I have another draft or I had to take money from my credit card. So really trying to know your numbers. You don't have to be good at math to have a budget. And also look at, you know, your, your debts. And we're going to talk about credit and how to avoid short-term debt, but also writing everything about what you have and what you, what you don't have. Now, an important thing for me is also to check your building your emergency fund. So we will all need this little bit of money. We can talk about saving, but saving, saving for what? So you're going to be saving for all your big goals, but everyone should have this little part of money called an emergency fund where you start putting a little bit of money. Maybe you start with 1K and then slowly you go to maybe three to six months of living expenses. So if anything happens to you, you have some money that's not invested in the stock market, that's not locked somewhere and that you can you know take out anytime so that's going to be really important to have your little budget understanding you know where you are and have this this emergency fund to create your budget the easiest way is maybe to look at how have i been spending money over the past three months where is my money going do you actually know where your money is going and then have maybe three different categories the first one is essentials how much money are you paying on your rent or on your mortgage on repaying debt, on your transportation, your utilities. Then the second category is, is more like a saving category. So it's how much money am I saving every month? If you're not saving for the time being, that's all right. But 
going forward, maybe you will want to increase this, this pocket of money to start saving some of your money. And then the last category is lifestyle. How much money are you spending, you know, going out with friends or going out shopping and trying to balance these three categories to make sure you have money for your savings, because that will basically provide you money for your future self or for anything you want to achieve in your life. So that's my first tip around really trying to organize your finances, draw, like draw a budget and take the time to think about your finances. The second one is to train yourself to save up for big purchases and to avoid short-term debt. That's something we can very easily fall into, this like credit card debt. I mean, your bank is, it's, it's likely that, you know, when you open an account with a bank, you open your current account, they will also give you a credit card. And then with the credit card, you can spend money that you actually don't have. And at the end of the month, you're supposed to repay this money. But if you don't, you know, this credit card balance, it stays there and you start owning money to the bank and it will charge you an interest. And short-term debt, overdraft, credit card, payday loans, these things are really expensive. So make sure you're in control and you don't just forget about that or, or just ignore it because then it can become very expensive. And there's no point really trying to save money at a rate. I mean, interest rates are extremely low at the moment. So if you check how much money you're getting on your savings... Uh, it's going to be like below 1%. It's almost 0% actually at the moment. So make sure you repay your debt. So at least you're saving the money. You're saving the money on, this, on, on the interest. And then that allows you to also save more money. We recorded a very interesting episode with Irena Okonkwo. And she's saying, say something maybe a 1,000 pounds. That's a lot of money. But when you actually break it down, if you save up to 100 pounds for 10 months, you will have £1,000 in cash and then you can buy the item. Life is also for the living. You know, you also, it's also good to treat yourself because you can't just be working and saving all the time. Like you also need to enjoy yourself. And a lot of times because of the way like things are marketed to us, it's like, here's this amazing thing. It's like £2,000, buy it. And it's like, whoa, for most people, they're like, I don't have £2,000 to just drop on a handbag or drop on a holiday. Like I actually have to plan ahead but we're not really taught how to plan ahead for those things. So I think we have to recognize that debt is not always a bad thing. It can be some good debt. But when we're talking about debt that we incur in like the, the short term, that means, you know, very last minute, I'm in a shop. I don't have the money on my debit account, on my debit card, on my current account. So what I do is actually I use my credit card. I purchase the item. And yeah, maybe later I think about how I'm going to repay this thing. I would invite you when you build healthier habits with money is to always save for the things you want to buy. It sounds pretty simple but it will actually make such a big difference. Now it's fine to use a credit card if you know you'll be able to repay in full at the end of the month. So debt can be a bit scary, but there's also some good debt. So for example, you may have some student loans, you may one day want to buy a house and then you will need a mortgage. Once you, know, you buy, for example, a property, this debt is secured. So in case something happens, you can always you know, sell the property. So this type of debt tend to be also much cheaper than the short-term debt. So this is what we consider good debt. So debt is not always a bad thing. Now, when we think about credit card or overdraft, and if you had a few of these, if you don't manage to repay in full at the end of the month or regularly, it can get really stressful because you have this big, you know, burden and you don't really know where to start. 
And also they're getting very expensive. So how do you get rid of this expensive debt is really trying to automate whatever you earn at the beginning of the month and straight away going into, you know, repaying these types of debt going back and try to, you know, make more money, maybe by renegotiating your all your bills, utilities, your phone, internet, maybe try to plan some meals, go on and sell whatever you have. I mean, I've been selling a lot of stuff on eBay to make this like little extra cash that maybe you can put into this pocket. Check your bank account for any subscriptions and that's something you will see when you make your budget. So where can I generate any additional income if I could? And really, really my number one goal should be to repay this short-term debt. There's a lot of shame associated to debt still, so it's going to be a bit difficult to open up about it. But please do, maybe with a friend, maybe with the Facebook community. You have amazing debt charities online. So please go and, and just, you know, tell them that you're struggling with that and we'll help you put in place a repayment plan. So try to find some help from, you know, from any place and, and open up about money is going to be really helpful. The other thing about debt, so... You know, credit card can be used actually, and it can help to build your credit score. So you want to start building good credit habits because that's going to help you build a nice credit score. And the credit score is like this magic number that financial institution will look at and we all have a credit score. They will look at this number and say, okay, this person is good with credit. She's always repaying her credit card debt in full. Or, you know, she manages to pay all her bills on time. Wow. Like she's, you know, on the green side then that will help you get maybe a better mortgage rate or actually get a higher you know, balance for your mortgage or get accepted for a loan. So it's really important that even when you're young, you start thinking about your credit score, you go online, you check it for free, and then you start building a better credit score. There are simple ways to help increase your credit score. It's really trying only to borrow what you can afford, use a direct debit and pay more than the minimum payment. You can register on the electoral roll, paying your bills on time. Making sure you're not linked to someone, there hasn't been any fraud on your account and also keep your credit utilization quite low. So, you know, some credit card companies, they will tell you, hey, we, we're going to increase your balance to like £3,000 a month, £4,000, something like crazy. Try not to use the full amount or, I mean, even better, try to reduce this amount so you make sure you're really able to repay this debt and you don't overspend. So we talked about knowing your numbers, budgeting, having this little emergency fund, what is debt, how to avoid uh, short-term debt and train yourself to actually save up for the big purchases. Now, the third thing is think about future you. And if you're in your 20s, you're like, yeah, but I have time, Emily, you know. <laughs> actually, no, it's much better to start saving for your future self. Today, it's going to be much easier. You won't have to play any catch-up uh, later on. So women retire with just tiny portion savings of men we actually retire poorer and we live longer so you know there's going to be some issues like structural issues around you know gender pay gap motherhood penalty so women taking more time out of work and that's going to have an impact on their long-term savings so when you start thinking about your money is trying to establish some goals for yourself it's like what do i want to achieve in life 
you know, do I want to buy a house? Do I want to have a family? Do I want to travel the world? But always think about this retirement. And I know it's tricky. It's a very, very long time until you can retire. But actually, the sooner you start saving for retirement, the earlier you start putting money towards your future, the more it can grow. Because the money that you usually save for your future is invested. And I'm sure you've heard about investing. And if you have a pension, you're already an investor. But money that's invested in the stock market, for example, will compound over time. So you're going to get interest. That's going to be also reinvested. So your balance will grow and grow. And because you're not touching this money, it just grows over a long period of time and it will exponentially grow instead of just keeping your money under your mattress or keeping it on a bank account at 0%. So when we think about saving, there's all these like short-term goals and emergency funds, maybe money for your next holiday, maybe for Christmas. You want to keep this money in cash. But actually, when we think about you in like 30 years and 40 years, you can take a bit more risk with this money and invest it and hoping for it to grow a lot more than just keeping it in your pocket. On pensions, I mean, pension is one way to save for retirement. It's tax efficient. So your employer will help you also to save into your pension. I would invite you to listen to this episode of The Wallet with Romy Savova, the CEO of Pension B. And she says, if you think about your pension as your salary for later life, you realize that you need to be generating a salary from your savings because you won't be working. And that's the fundamental problem we're trying to solve here. How will you create your salary for later life? You need to plan for your salary later on. We do so much planning for today's salary. We, we go to work. We think about our career moves. We think about what we want to do with our lives. But we need to think about tomorrow's salary as well. So if you're in your 20s, maybe you don't want to think about that. But I really invite you, you know, as soon as you get your first job, they have a workplace pension Try to understand how it works. You know, your employer is going to give you money. The government is going to give you money. This money is going to be locked away until you retire. But it's the best way to save for yourself. So don't opt out and really think about, you know, what are my choices? How can I save a little bit for, for myself for the future? Now, these are about, you know, goals and goal setting. But today, I think one of the hardest things, and, and that's something we discuss a lot with the Vespot community, is how do you spend your money today? How do you resist the temptation to, you know, spend it all? And, and I'm all about spending, you know, it's great. But how do I make sure I make wise spending choices that I don't make too much impulse spending? And it's all about stopping the comparison and really ignore what other things. This is so true in life, but it is really, really hard to comprehend. And, you know, we spend our time on, on social media. Now we are back to, you know, going out and seeing our friends and stuff. And we tend to compare ourselves to others. We have this fear of missing out. We need this like external validation. And I would say just do it for you. Try when you sit down and think about your budget and, and, and whatever your goals are. Take a step back and think about, okay, what do I value in life? And then look at how you're spending your money. You know, do you value travel, family, freedom? And then is your money all going on, you know, retailer websites or clothes? I mean, try to align a little bit more what you want for yourself with how you spend your money, because that's going to improve your financial well-being. It's going to improve your finances. And on this, I think you should never feel judged or judged anyone based on how much money they have, based on our bank accounts. 
you know, money, again, it should just be a tool. So something you use to make a purchase. Of course, it's great that, you know, when you have money because it buys choices, it buys freedom. But again, like stop comparing yourself to others. You don't know where people come from. We talk a lot about, you know, also privilege. So really do it for yourself. Because again, no one is going to do it for you. Your bank is not going to call you to help you manage your finances. You won't have an advisor calling you, telling you, hey, can I help you with your finances? Can I help you save money? It's actually such a big responsibility for us as individuals. And unfortunately, because we don't talk about money, there's still a big stigma around money. We don't receive financial education. Then we sort of ignore the topic, we procrastinate and we don't do anything. And then it sort of comes back, you know, we're in our 30s and 40s, we start to build a family, we have big responsibilities, we think about our future. And then we realize, okay, I should have started much earlier. So, you know, start today and and do it for yourself. Open up with your friends if you want, open up with these conversations. It's really a great thing to do, uh, but really sit down and, and do it for yourself. And the last thing, Audrey, I would say is staying safe. And I know that's something we discussed together. So maybe spotting fraud early or trying to recognize when things are maybe too good to be true. And don't think that, you know, scams and frauds only happen to others. Research actually shows that those between 21 and 30 are the most likely to have reported being tricked out of money in recent months. There's purchase scams where people buy goods online, which actually do not exist or never arrive. And I would say if you if there's anything suspicious, try to talk to someone you trust, uh, maybe your family, your friends, Vespa community, again, like join a fa Facebook group and you can always ask questions to, to the community and to myself. And maybe if, you know, you receive a phone call, try to always call back and, you know, maybe call back your bank, call back the number you know, report the scams. And that's going to be really important. I know at, you know, universities, some people can be more vulnerable uh, and you've been offered to, you know, um, take some products. There's been some, you know, dodgy schemes going around. So, you know, keep an open mind, but just make sure you understand what's right and what's wrong. And again, if something is too good to be true, and that's so true for anything in life, maybe you should be a bit skeptical about it and double check somewhere. It's going to be the same when you start investing money. You know, investing has been such a hot topic, especially over the past year for the younger generation, for millennial, and everybody's starting to open these like investment accounts and listening to their friends for recommendation, but also listening online to people selling them, you know, telling them to buy this crypto or this NFT and stuff like that. So I think knowledge is really power here. So take a step back, really think about what you're doing. It's your money. It's okay to take some risk, but don't make stupid choices with your money. And I say stupid, but we've all been there. We've all been scammed. Uh, you know, fraud is, is, is really everywhere. We've all followed like, you know, advice from people we don't really know. So make sure you, you protect yourself and you and protect your, your money. So... To conclude this episode, it's really like money is just a tool. It's really very powerful. It can change your life. Uh, you can also use your money for good. And we're talking about charity, philanthropy, but also investing in things you really care about, ethical investing, impact investing. We're not talking about making more money just for the sake of it, but making sure you have goals and can achieve your goals. Don't ignore money <laughs> and take some time to actually manage it because no one is, is doing it for you. And today we've, we've covered like, you know, these main like habits and all the things you can do. But obviously you don't have to do everything in one go. You can just start very small, do one of these things and, and make it 
attractive. You know, can you have this like little money book? Can you actually have an accountability WhatsApp group with, with a few friends, with two or three friends and start doing maybe saving goals together or saving challenges? This is really helpful. Maybe if you have debt, same. Slowly, like opening up about this topic is going to be is going to be really helpful. It's also okay to make mistakes. I talked about that when I talked about fraud. So just be kind to yourself. <laughs> it's going to be a journey. You're just learning. But by doing just a few things, like one, two, or three things for yourself, that's make that's going to make such such a big difference. So for me, good credit score, being debt free saving money for retirement and your life milestones and you're on the right path. So good luck. And I just wanted to recommend maybe a book called Atomic Habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. It's by James Clear and it's very good. It's not about money, but I think there are so many principles that can be applied to your finances. And if you want to listen to another podcast of The Wallet, I would recommend you to listen to the podcast by Urena Okonkwo. She's the founder of the app Kashmir and she's telling you how to save for the things you like. So Audrey, I hope this was helpful. I'm sure we'll cover all this in more detail over the coming uh, weeks and episodes. And if you want to participate in the wallet, you can send me your recording via the link in the show notes or email me at vespot.com. And now you will hear a proud moment from Emily, our podcast editor. Hi, I'm Emily and I'm a freelance podcast editor and editor of The Wallet. As you can imagine, editing and listening to The Wallet each week, I have learned so much over the last year about personal finance, investing, pensions, how to set financial goals. But the proud money moment I wanted to share today is that in the last six months, I have opened a Stocks and Shares ISA and I'm contributing a small amount each month into it. So this was something that I'd looked at in the past, but I got totally overwhelmed by the different options out there and I didn't really understand the jargon that was attached to it. And those things combined made me give up and park the idea for another time. However, now I feel so much more confident in my knowledge and understanding from all the information I've taken from the wallet. And I was able to set up green investments that align with my personal values and I understand where my money is invested. And I actually really enjoy having a look at my stocks and shares ISA every two weeks or so. Um, I love seeing if it's gone up a little bit or down. Obviously, I prefer the times when it has increased a bit. But when it has dipped, I like to then think what else is going on in the world that might have caused that. And I now know not to panic because the ISA is part of my long-term investment planning. So I know I have plenty of time to ride out any of the bumps. I love it. Thank you so much, Emily, for sharing. Uh, you've been editing the podcast since day one. So, Matthew, thank you for, for your help. This is episode 50. So it's been it's been also a journey. And next is my dear Veronica, who has been working so hard behind the scenes to produce the best money content for you. She's been with Vespod since the beginning and she wanted to comment on one of our previous episodes. Hello, my name is Veronica. I'm a freelance content writer and copywriter, and I've been working with FestBot since its inception, which has been amazing. I wanted to comment on an episode that I found really helpful, which is called Know Your Worth as a Freelancer with Anna Corderado. Obviously, it was very relatable because she's also a freelancer like me. She's also a writer. 
but she was also just extremely inspiring in the way that she spoke about having an abundance mindset, which is something that I've always struggled with ever since becoming a freelancer. I've always just sort of thought, oh yeah, I just need to make the bare minimum just to make, you know, pay the bills and never really kind of reassessing my rates, raising them, being a bit worried about people saying that I'm charging too much. So yeah, she really kind of made me think about all these things. And especially her book, You're the Business, has been really helpful. And um, a lot of other ways too. you know, just kind of how to manage your money as a freelancer and how you, you know, have to think about your pension, uh, because you don't have an employer uh, contributing to your pension and things like that. So just the sort of practical day to day. But like I said, especially the growth mindset for me, it's really kind of opened my eyes to the kind of things that I can achieve and that the sky really is the limits. And, you know, you don't have to just uh, make the bare minimum to just get by. So thank you so much, Vespod and The Wallet Podcast for this awesome episode that I recommend to all my freelancer friends or anyone that is thinking about becoming a freelancer. And yeah, thank you so much. And thank you, Anna Cordeirado, for all your amazing tips. Thank you so much, Veronica. We love the work of Anna Codrea. So it's been fab to hear about her. If you're a freelancer, you're right. It's a lot more planning, a lot more about thinking about your future. But again, read Anna's book, listen to the episode. All the links are in, in the show notes. Thank you so much. I hope you like this new format. We'll also bring experts to answer your questions. So make sure you send me your questions, your proud money moments, and also your comments on the money hotline. Thank you for listening and please share with a friend.